Welcome back to episode 73 of Sports Confidential. Thorny's back in the building. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Good to be here. And Hicksy, he had a big game on the weekend against the Chuka. They didn't win, though. How you going, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Um, yeah, we didn't get the chockies, but I uh, heard your commentary was uh, up there with the best for the year. Yeah, and like you told me off air just before, I called your name a fair few times. You yeah. did play all right, mate, but it's good to see. So there's a lot of sport happening in the world at the moment, so we might as well dissect and get straight into it. Liverpool overnight with Darwin Nunez scores a brace off the bench to have a 10-man Liverpool outfit come from behind in a monster EPL weekend. The Boomers go down to the Germans by three points after Dennis Schrader played one of his better games for a while. He dropped 30 points in the Group E performance last night, and we are down to the final eight of the AFL with Toby Green doing a bit of God's work and uh, making sure the Bulldogs didn't make it, and they were the last team to do so. So we now got the finals draw out there. The home away season's done, and thankfully for the Bombers, because they have been absolutely porridge the last couple of weeks. The NRL's still got a round to go, and we'll dissect that uh, coming up onto the show. But, Hixie, there's a bit happening in the tennis world. Yeah, obviously the US Open starting today as it is. There's not too much to go on because they haven't started their matches, obviously. But uh, obviously last year's winners, Carlos Alcaraz and Igor Swiatek, both our Yep. Favorite players looking to go back to back. Um, Novak's obviously the one in the men's that Carlos has to look out for, but he's only won the US Open three times out of his 23 Grand Slams, and he's made the final nine times. So he's lost six finals at US Open. Um, and then in the women's, it has Sabalenka, who's uh, number two in the world. Um, she's looking to take over from Iga in the number one spot. Yeah, we'll touch on that as the games obviously progress through the week, but. Also on tennis, um, John Isner is going to retire after the US Open. Um, he's a big six foot ten man with the uh, massive serve. Obviously, in that match that went for eleven hours or whatever yeah. with yep. yeah, Carlo, uh, Nicholas Mahout, and he served one hundred and thirteen aces in that. I was just looking up. Before. Damn, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of aces <laughs> in yeah. one game. There goes another quiz question. That's fantastic. Moving on. So yeah, he he'll retire at the end of that. Yeah, not too much else to uh, touch on there. Who's your, who's your favorite going into it for the men and the women's? Yeah, uh, give us a punt. Give us a, give us something to throw a dart at the board. Uh, well, Novak's a favourite there, but um, I think Carlos Alcaraz will go back-to-back and there hasn't been a back-to-back winner since Federer in 2008, I think. Look at the encyclopedia so, just coming today. He's just going bang. He so, like, does, does a lot of work, must. I do, in the background. You stay up very late at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's fantastic. It's a lot good. of time it's on my bloody hands. good. But, uh, and I think um, Sabalenka as well, like I touched on before, she's looking to take over the number one spot there and um, she made the semi-final last year in uh, US Open, and she also won, obviously won the Australian Open this year. So she's in a bit of form. Um, but, yeah, we'll look for those two. Just with the US Open as well while we're on it, it's just a question that I've probably come up with now. It could have been a quiz question. But what would you rank the Grand Slams in order for tennis? As in difficulty or like prestigious wins? Pre- Prestigious-wise. So for me, I'd go Wimbledon's number one. Yep. Then yep. I'd probably go US Open two, Oz Open third, Roland Garros fourth. Mm. Thoughts? Yeah, I don't mind that. I'll probably put... Roland Garros, third. Yeah, I'm probably the same. Yeah, just because of the quiet. unpatriotic as that sounds. Yeah. Do you think we go four? Yeah, I think we do. Really? Maybe. I feel like clay, because like you already got the US Open on hard court. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like. Yeah. It's like we're copying. Sort yeah, of in, a way. in a way, yeah. I get that like probably it plays differently in Australia due to the climate and everything yep. on the hard court. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Roland Garros would probably sneak into third for mine in prestigious, because it's. Like, obviously very hard to win on hardcore, but yeah. you don't see many Aussies or anything like that, you know, yeah. win on clay. Yeah, that's why Rafael Nadal was so good. Yeah, so, so many you know, in the probably in the last 15 years, Roland Garros has been the one that everybody wants to win, but they know they can't. And Wimbledon's that far ahead as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, I would they say Wimbledon one. for sure. 
Yeah. And I think that helps that Rowan Garris is like two weeks before. So it's like the build up yeah. into Wimbledon, I guess mm. you could say. So a little bit like the Royal Rumble. Before WrestleMania, Ooh, God, yeah. that is a reference. the road to WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, oh, starts early January. Yeah, it does. It's always around Australia Day as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roland Garros. It might become more more exciting to watch now that Rafa is on the end of his yeah. career as well, because you're not just like, oh, Rafa's going to win this one. Yeah, or at least you know Rafa's going to be there. It's probably yeah. the back end of his career. Might have. I don't know if he still won them all at the back end of his career, but. Mainly, obviously, throughout the middle of his career, yeah. which he sort of built into. But it. even towards the back end, you knew he was going to be there. Yeah. So you knew you were going to have to get through him at some point. <laughs> it's pretty much the new generation for tennis going forward. Andy Murray's pretty much seen better days, bit of Pete Murray about him. But yeah. there's also, obviously, Federer's retired. Um, Nadal, is he fully retired yet? I don't know about fully retired. I'd have to. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't think he said he was going to come back to the Oz Open. Yeah. So. Go around on clay the whole time. He might once, just once pick and choose. Yeah, he might just pick and choose where he wants to go. Yeah. So then you've got obviously the new generation, Holger Rome, my man, coming through. Alcaraz as well, obviously dominating world number one at the moment. We'll go to another break now and then we'll get into the other sports around the world. Right, I will jump into a bit of FIBA World Cup while it's uh, hot and fresh in the minds. So, as Jack touched on earlier, uh, Aussies going down by three points to Germany, which I don't think we would have seen coming in losing to Germany. I think the last time we played them, it was a very defensive game, but we still um, pipped them at the post. And they started real strong against us. I watched the first five minutes of it, and it was 8-0. They called a timeout in like two minutes. And I was like, yeah, we're in trouble big time already. Schroeder was hot. Um, Daniel Tice was actually playing well. Um, so, yeah, I think Paddy Mills had a good game. He's probably – his international stats would speak much higher than I reckon his NBA stats would. 100%. We spoke about it last time. Yeah. Week. So, it's just one of those players who always plays well for his country. Um, Dennis Schroeder, 30 points, eight assists for Germany. That's a that's a huge game. Um yeah, Giddy had a bit of a stinker uh, for his standards, um, and nobody else from Australia really contributed too much. I feel um, like I feel like we don't have that much depth in our Australian team, considering no. like you've got Ben Simmons obviously in the NBA as well. He's not playing. Ingles is I don't think he's fully fit. He's only playing like eighteen minutes a game, yeah. so he's playing. What are they? They're ten minute quarters, so he's playing less than half a game still. Yeah, in eighteen, and then minutes. it sort of drops off from there. Thibault. Isn't that guy? I don't think had two points last night. Yeah, and he's probably might have had a couple of steals and a st- couple of blocks, but he's probably the number two guy in that team, nearly after Giddy, considering status in the NBA. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't think Dyson Daniels is playing that much. No, he's not Hicksy's man. Boy from Bendigo, and I think I've seen clips of him in the qualifiers and stuff. And when he comes on, he's actually quite explosive. Yeah, and they just don't play him, and we look slow. Him and Giddy play the exact same way. That's why. Yeah, I reckon we try and separate them a bit. Yeah, they're both passers. Like, yeah, Giddy obviously still scores, but Giddy needs the ball. He, Giddy pretty much plays as a point guard, I reckon. Oh, he definitely does. Yeah, yeah, he's like a six foot seven. That's ridiculous. Point guard. Oh, um, speaking of, do you reckon he's going to have a good year this year? There's big talks that he's one of the favourites for the most improved player in the league going to his third season. He'd have to average pretty high stats to beat last season. Obviously, you think he would improve, but to him, most improved, he'd. He had some big games last year. He'd have to probably go to like 23 and 9, 6, seven, yeah. seven a game to, you know, like really it, bump up some averages. He'd to, have to be an all-star. Yeah, he would definitely. Yeah. 
But just looking at the the tables and everything, a couple of the groups aren't probably really worth mentioning too much. I think Serbia are pretty strong. Uh, they're in Group B. They look like they're going to go through. Group C, USA, obviously going to go through. Lithuania and Group D, who are actually pretty strong. Group E is us and Germany. Um, I don't think Japan are too much chop or Finland. Uh, and it looks like France with uh, Rudy Gobert and that pretty strong squad is two wins and two losses. Uh, two played and two losses, so zero right. and two. So they're looking at an early exit. Yeah, um, I'm not sure on that. But it's different. I Just even the way the game's played in FIBA is completely different to the NBA. Like it's There's not as more, much fast break. There's not as much more defensive. As, yeah, it's a lot more traditional style basketball. Yep. So, In terms of the Team USA as well, that is like one of the weakest teams they've put Very out in weak. a long time yeah, as well. that's true. Like they've got Halliburton playing, I think, you, yeah, like you said, Edwards, but I don't think they've got... Adebayo's not even playing. Yeah, I don't think, think they've got a... Yeah, I was I was just looking at the um, World Cup and doing a bit of research and five years ago, you remember that big punch on with the Phil fans? Yeah, that was and massive was, at the time. Yeah, because <laughs> it was like haymakers and Thon Maker was karate kicking people and that's full on. Yeah, that is I, I watched the video as well. And, um, Chris Golding was on the bottom of like, 12 players just getting his head stomped on and <laughs> chairs thrown at yeah. him. It was full really? on, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> it was right off. I and the funny thing was, I think, oh, I can't remember how many players from the Philippines got sent off or whatever, so they had three players. And they, they started the game again with three players and then they said, no, nah, we'll call it off now. That's insane. <laughs> the rest got sent off. That's insane for an international yeah. side yeah. game that that is happening in, yeah. in our world. Yeah. I think it came up because do they play in – Manila in the Philippines coming up or something Yeah, for the World Cup? Uh, I think I, think I did they, read something about Manila. Yeah, I think they there. come back there and it's like the first time since that incident. Yeah, that incident. Yeah. That would be next level. Yeah, uh, that is next level. All right, we're going to go to a break now and we'll get back into some other sports after the break. Start off. Started off. I've started, started off, off, mate. We're into the NRL at the moment, um, and they've obviously got one round to go, as mentioned at the start of the episode. The Broncos are now atop of the NRL ladder. You've got the Panthers in second, the Warriors third, and the Storm, after a great win on the weekend, are in fourth. So that pretty much sums up the top four and the way it's going to stick. Our man Harley is going to be a battle for the last round. Eighth is the Rabbitohs and nine other Cowboys I saw going into the last game. Sorry, just going off. I saw something about the Rabbitohs coach. Didn't he like a comment about two of his players. Did he really? Yeah, and he's, he accidentally liked it. And the comment was um, Liam Knight and Jacob Host playing for us tonight. It's a wonder we didn't lose by 50. And he apparently liked it. And then he said, oh, it was accidental. How do you accidentally like a comment? Oh, that's, huge. That's hot water stuff. Imagine if an AFL coach did that. Yeah. Oh, God. He'd be down the same path. The, the but, cat across the keyboard. But, uh, yeah, the Storm, they had a great win, 37-16 to 16 over the Titans. Cowboys put themselves back into it with a 34-10 win over the Dolphins. But going into the last round for the teams that we spoke about, the Rabbitohs have the rivals, the Roosters, in the last round. So that should be a tight contest, as it always is. But then the Cowboys have got the Panthers. So the Cowboys need to win that to make the eight, to finish into it, and hopefully knock out the Rabbitohs, which would make me really happy. But that's, <laughs> that's basically enough about the NRL for now. Uh, uh, who's who's going to win it? Who's going to win it all? three in a row. Yeah, they're going to Three yeah, Thanks for coming. Slate. Crimson chin, yeah. going to get it all again. Yeah, he is. Big chin. He's tuning that um, Fowler from Socceroos. Is he really? Very oh, fowler. really? Yeah. 
Good mail from TMZ here today. Sorry, just throw that one in there as well. No, I like <laughs> it. I like it. Hixie's Heroes this week. Yeah, Hixie's Heroes. Is it um, yourself, just quickly? Well, that's my goal on the weekend. Yeah. No, we won't touch on that. All right. Don't have enough time. We've got to wrap this up pretty quick. Uh, <laughs> now, I've gone through a, I've gone through an AFL footballer who um, is in a struggling team at the moment, um, and I've gone for two players that we don't really talk about their sports much on on the podcast, so I thought I'd bring a bit of light to them. So the first Hicksies heroes hero is Tim Kelly from West Coast. Yep. He's, he's uh, rated elite in disposals and cont- contested possessions this year, and his numbers are uh, this, nearly the same as the 2018 year when he burst onto the scene with Geelong. So in a pretty shit team, without your number one Ruckman as well, mm. he is, uh, yeah. I doing- second that massively. Yeah. yeah. That's he's, huge. He's probably his last eight weeks especially, yeah. like when West Coast were, you know, they were still getting pumped every now and then, but they were probably a little bit more consistent week to week, I guess. He was huge yeah. for him. He's yeah. had um, 19 out of 24 games over 25 touches as well. Yeah, that's good going. <laughs> that's, good. <laughs> that's, going. that's good work. Uh, so here's the first one. The second one, I don't know if you've seen the Logan Paul and Dylan Dennis, is it? The boxing uh, match they're having? I've seen something briefly. Yeah, this, this Dylan bloke, he's just bought out all of Logan Paul's misses, oh, his fiance's ex-partners, and it's up to like 57 celebrities she's she's been with. And he's just roasting Logan Paul about it and – like he got up there and had all those like prime drinks that he has. Just got on the stage, just started throwing them into the crowd. Like did not give a. F- <laughs> and yeah, he's out out at all of her. Like she must be a gold digger or something because she's been with yeah fifty seven celebrities. That's hilarious. And he's just bringing up a photo like nearly every day of it. <laughs> Is this Logan Paul's bringing up the photo? No, this Dylan. Dylan Dennis. Yeah, right. Of, um, yeah, Logan Paul's fiance at the moment. He's uh, one of my heroes uh, this week. Just um, yeah, no fucks given. You wonder how much of it is for um, publicity as well. Theatre. Theatre as well. Like all these boxes always. It's all marketing now. No one really talks about Anthony Joshua and that sort of division. There was a stage there where it was coming up and you had Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. It was like, okay, boxing's getting good. And now it's just all these celebrity fights. Like you had Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg. That was all over social media. It's like they're not real fighters. Like it's just purely money, money, money. That's the grab. And I reckon Conor McGregor's changed that. You reckon? In the aspect of the way he thinks because he run his mouth and it built on the empire of what it was, and he demanded money, and now it's just like you need a mouth to be a yeah, good fighter sure. as well. I just think it's ridiculous that this is it Logan Paul who does the yeah, fight. Yeah. He's always challenging these UFC fighters to boxing. Yeah. Fight him in UFC, brother. <laughs> yeah. See how you go then. Yeah. <laughs> you get your head caved in. Probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, the last 60s hero for this week is um, the number one pick in the baseball draft, Paul Skeens. Um, he was a pitcher from LSU. He was a he voted the Player of the Year, the Dick Hauser Trophy, as you will. Uh, signed a nine point two million dollar deal for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and uh, off field he's kicking goals too because he's linked with LSU athlete and TikTok t- star Livy Dunn. So he's doing well on and off field. So he's uh, my third hero for this week. He's been enormous. He's come in with the facts. He's come in with the goss as well, which we haven't really had on sports. No, uh, we love goss. This is like. Midday TV during the week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Circle or something. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Phil type vibes. No, I like it. I do. We're going to get into the time machine as the great man actually come up with himself. Thanks. And, <laughs> and we will get into the games from last week in the AFL. Yep, right. I'll kick it off. What a game to kick off last weekend as well. It was, it was a very good game. It was a very good game. I think I watched um, it at the start. Yeah. Yeah. So, what did we kick the first 11? First 11, uh, yeah. Hawthorne, yeah. Yeah. Frio. <laughs> I don't know. I was actually a, a little bit more nervous going into this game than what I probably should have been. Just the fact of 
our midfield has been porridge the last like six weeks. And then I saw that you still had Parrish and Merritt in the side. And I was like, God, here we go. Like we're a game we're supposed to absolutely put away, you know, like how many times has it happened through the year when Collingwood is saying like, oh yeah, they're going to put this mob away whatever, and we'll win by like 19 points or something like yeah. that. And you just, but yeah. then everybody's saying, oh, we'll get up by a hundred points. Easy there at smoke last week. And I was like, no. This is it. This will be the nightmare that we're going to just choke this out. Look at, yeah, quickly put those worries to rest in the first quarter and just got it over and done with pretty quickly. Essendon dropped the wheels, just fell off in the last five weeks, I guess. Up until then, they were red hot. Nobody would have wanted to play them going into finals, sort of thing. Like they had that full vibe about them. I thought I was like, after know, the Adelaide game, it was like, gee whiz. I was, yeah, was genuinely. Essendon. And then it was like Carlton was sort of coming at the same time as well. Like they just strung a few together and I was going, God, the big Melbourne clubs here they come. They're <laughs> yeah, rolling yeah. into the final sort of thing. But look, obviously Carlton sort of went the other way and Essendon went one way and Essendon have got, you know, they'll probably do a bit of work in the off season. I think the, the D listings will come. They already probably, have today. Yeah, and they'll, they, three D listings three, today just to yeah, start. I reckon they'll be thick and fast over the next couple of weeks sort of thing. So, which is not always a bad thing either. No. I think Essendon probably know what they want to stick with now and what they've seen over the probably last two years. And they've gone, yep, this is what we're going to keep. This is what we'll get rid of. And we'll just, we'll build on that. They've got plenty to build on. So, um, but as for Collingwood, I guess it just rolls on um, two weeks, Melbourne qualifying final, but yeah. move on to the next game, I guess, before we get stuck into those. Just with um, Essendon as well, Zach Merritt really dropped off probably the last six weeks. He was in all Australian form. People were going, geez, he's carrying Essendon. And there was a stage there where I was going like he's legitimately right up there. It's probably halfway through the season he was doing that. And, of course, form drops off and so does everyone else. It's not just the one man from there, but it sort of reflects, I think, sort of the way that he sort of played when he's up and about <clears> at his best. He is a game changer. But it just it dropped towards the end. Redmond even dropped off. He had a great yeah. start to the year. Yep. The um, only player who probably didn't was probably Langford. Yeah. He brought it every week. Yeah, but I thought with, um, with Merritt, he's – the, actually, the game on the weekend probably personified his last five to six weeks. Yeah. He had 36 touches, 33 uncontested. Yeah. So he just like – I'm not saying that, you know, he's bad or anything like that and probably getting the ball outside for him is not the worst thing, but three contested touches out of 36. You kind of know you're just sitting out the back just the biggest thing, the-, the biggest thing for Essendon I think as well is at the start of the season they spoke about how all they did was work on defense the whole time. The funny thing is we were kicking goals. We were kicking big bags to start the year as well, and the ball was moving quick, and we looked dangerous. Like Obviously, I refer back to Anzac Day and those types of games, even against Melbourne in the wet. We had games where we were just attacking the football, running forward, and we were like pretty potent going towards forward line. Like Sam Draper was even kicking goals at that period of time. But then it's got to the point now where we're chipping the ball around sort of towards the side and holding it up, and defense is just eating us up like we did on the weekend, and Merritt was a prime example of that which is why it's so disappointing because he was a bloke that was doing that 45 kick through the middle and hitting it up mm. and you go, oh, that's Dangerous a kick. kick. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas he's been on the halfback flank the last couple of weeks and he's not the only one doing it. Redmond's done it as well. Hines probably been a little bit different. I've never been a fan of him, but he's probably been the only one sort of attacking going forward. And we're racking up cheap possessions in the back half and then turning it over under pressure. Mm. The points from turnovers just gone through the roof. So our defense <clears> has fallen <throat> out of the way that we so – honestly built on and then we've lost our offense to go with it. So. Is, yeah. that, is that because Wright went down as well? Because I don't think Wiedemann's that guy either. I actually thought it was when Wright came back. I, I think the issue with 
Peter Wright coming back into the Cyblers, we've went from lowering our eyes to your Langfords, yeah. Stringer at that point in time, even Joy Menzies at the start of the year. He was kicking goals and those little lead-up kicks. And then it went into, well, we've got Peter Wright back, so we might as well yeah, just bomb just it in now. Him. He has man how to clunk him or kick straight compared to what he usually does. Yeah. And I feel like you could just, rely on like your, your Durham's, your Menzies, your Nick Martin's. Pressure. You know, those players who are up the ground a bit more to kick a goal as well. I feel like you didn't see that in the last few weeks. Like Nick Martin, like you said, his last sort of month and a bit, was average and he was gunning. Like he was gunning for a wing spot in the yeah. Australian side of here. Had he played a stellar last six weeks. A prime example on the weekend was I reckon obviously after you got out to that lead halfway through the second quarter where you were, the game was well and truly yeah. over. But we had so many entries inside 50 and it yeah. was just straight out. Yeah. Just straight out every time. And that's probably, it's going to have to be a big focus. I reckon the ball movement coach, Blake Carousel is supposed to be it, but I reckon he could be going to Richmond. Yeah, right. Eh? Saying. So, there you yeah, a bit of mail there for me, and um, I've got a heaps of sources, so just back me up on that one. <laughs> do um, do we want to skip over this topic now and move on? Yeah, we do. We've absolutely milked <laughs> that game to the century, so we won't do a review on Essendon now. That's absolutely <laughs> done, um, That's and that's fair enough. But Frio got the chocolates over Hawthorne in the end. How did yeah, we then? see that? Um, I think it was a game that Frio probably needed to win in a weird way. Like, doesn't mean anything, but I think if they had a loss to Hawthorne and just come over to Melbourne – and just being like, oh, who cares? Whatever, doesn't matter. Season's over. And Hawks come out and flog them. Then you know you kind of look at Hawks going. You know they probably ended better than some some of these sides. You know, but Hawks getting done probably sort of put them in their bo- box a little bit, especially the G against Frio. That was probably a game they were probably saying, you know, we could we could really beat these guys. I think I even tipped Hawks. Yeah. To be honest. Um. But yeah. I don't, yeah, I think Hawthorne will drastically improve over the next couple of years and they'll be a powerhouse very soon. Haven't they turned around quickly too? Yeah. Uh, the they were all questioning if Sam Mitchell was the man for the job and now they're like, yeah, this bloke knows what he's doing. He's got yeah. a plan. And that's what and that's all you want to see as a club who's poor. Like, I know that's what I want to see with Collingwood a couple of years ago. It's just like, I just want to say something. Yeah. Like, in, rose to second real fast and that was a lot. But even as, as Hawthorne's supporters out there, they'd be very happy I reckon with where their team's at and yeah, the, the future, it's think, going to be massive. I think you should be happy with Hawthorne because what have they beaten? They've beaten Brisbane, Collingwood, yep. they beat Melbourne as well. Yeah. So there's a top three out of the top four. And uh, did we play them earlier in the year? No, we've only no. played them once when they beat us, yeah. No, I reckon, yeah, we played Adelaide twice and they took it up to us both yeah. times. Their but game, I reckon they their beat. game against Brisbane was the biggest because it was the first one, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. And Brisbane were like humming at that stage. Lying. Um, and then that put the doubt over Brisbane with the MCG. But we'll get into them now, actually, because the next game after that was not that. It was North <laughs> versus Gold Coast. It was. Uh, uh, lucky nine. Damn. What a great year. Oh. 71 goals for a team that's won three games. We'll be doing our All-Australian next week. Do you want to give listeners in on whether or not he'll make it? I think he has to. Yeah. Kicking 71 goals for a team that's only won three games is Porridge enormous. Sod. Yep. Porridge sod. Yeah. Porridge team. Yeah. So, yeah, Simple. he's definitely in there. Um, yep. But what they were thinking here, they must have a deal with West Coast, I reckon. You reckon it's already done? I reckon they probably know something. I reckon yeah. they think that they're going to go for that curtain anyway. Yeah. yeah. So they were just like, who cares? Like, I think we're going to take someone in and they WA. And Ben McKay. They'll yeah. Get uh, we'll, take, we'll take someone in WA who's going to go top three because then that way we know he's, he's not going to go. Stick around, yeah. You guys can have Harley Reid and that, but – you know, they'll probably work out a pick, like some compensation or yep. they'll do something. There'll and, be something in there. How's that midfield, though, next year? you got LDU, 
Sheasel, potentially, George Wardlaw, Simkin. Simkin. Yeah, hold and up. Then, I'm reviewing them, boys. So let's just, we'll just wait till I review them, boys. We'll wait till that yeah, one later on. I thought on. I was reviewing them. We Those can... four names are pretty much the only things I was going to say, and that's all that matters, really. Yeah, that's fair <laughs> enough. All right. On to Brisbane versus St. Kilda now. And Brisbane were really inaccurate early. Um, I'm not sure if you boys got to watch this game, but yeah, I watched a bit of it. They should have put them to bed yeah, a lot earlier have. than what they did. And even Russ Lyon um, sort of admitted that. A little bit of a dead rubber game Looked to a good. degree. Brisbane needed to get it done. St. Kilda are always going to play finals. So both those teams will roll on into next week. Uh, Geelong versus the Doggies next. Mm. How do we see this one? Uh, I didn't get to catch it, but pretty stiff for the Dogs. Have a good win over there and yeah. then miss out on finals. Yeah, that's all I was thinking. It was just Western Bulldogs did everything they can. But they'll look back at this season and go, damn, yep. like we've missed out. If they had made finals, you just you don't know what they could have done sort of thing. But you know, they put their best foot forward and they say they can win the last round, but I'm sure there's a lot of rounds they would have picked out and gone, yeah, we missed one there, 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 and West there. West Coast, a fortnight yeah, ago. They're, they're, they're exactly like, but yeah. I mean, there would have been even more games than yeah. that. Like, I don't know who they've lost to, but Hawthorne, to be where they are, like, and I know, you know, every team's lost to a bad team sort of thing this year, and to be where they are, they must have lost to a couple of bad teams Yeah, some situations. Yeah. And who, what do you reckon, who gets the three votes there from the umpires? Because it makes it very interesting if Bont gets it. Bont's not getting it. Trelaw will get it. Yep. And Liberatore will get two. And I reckon Isaac Smith might even get the yeah. one. Well, 36 and one in your last game for Isaac He Smith. has to get one vote. Yeah. He has to. Yep. He's the best player on the ground, I reckon. He actually was everywhere that, that night. But what a, what a career too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's good that he won a norm, I guess, to probably really give him that individual accolade yep. that he probably deserved a bit. Yeah. Yeah, couldn't agree more on that. On to the next game now, and I watched this game uh, closely in terms for Adelaide because Tex Walker kicked nine goals four, and he had he should have kicked ten. Um, and speaking of fine wines, like he's just what a yeah. year he's had. He's the best of the fine wines almost. Yeah. He's actually, you know, like you can go through and say like Rewalt. players who have been there for a long time, like Pendlebury, Rewalt, and all that. But they've been, you know, not to say Tex hasn't been that good, but Tex has gotten significantly better yeah. as it's gone on. And he, looks, is, and he looks fitter too. I think does. that's what it is. Yeah, so. Um, and <sighs> I think the same for Adelaide in aspects. They've had a season of what could have been, obviously, against Sydney. Yeah. Goalpost. <laughs> um, and then they had a couple of games like uh, the Gold Coast Suns, they were up by like 40 points and lost by like 30. Yeah. So just, I, think with, I think with Bulldogs, though, you probably would have sort of had them in that third tier bracket of side, whereas Adelaide were probably in that fourth tier. So yeah. Adelaide, a little bit more of an excuse. And I think I actually think Adelaide will probably roll harder into next year than what Bulldogs will. Agreed. I think Adelaide's momentum will will carry on a lot. And I big tip for next year, hot take, that Adelaide make the top four. Oh, oh he's gone early. Are we Jeez. locking it? Lock it in. <laughs> Jeez, I don't want it. It's enormous. I yeah. like it. There it is. I do like it though because, um, and you're right, they had some massive wins over Port Adelaide. They had some twice. real close ones against the top sides as well. Collingwood All as the well. top sides. Melbourne. Yeah. Yep. You say you're bang on. Collingwood twice. They should yeah. have, they, they probably should have beaten us twice. Yeah. yeah. So. And just on the All Australian, Taylor Walker has never made All Australian. Do you reckon he make his first one this year? With- has he never made an All Australian side? No, not the side. I thought he's, yeah. he's won a Coleman before though. Yeah, he'll probably sneak in. You'd have to put him in there. Uh, Second in the He's probably on probably on the bench. Yeah. I, I reckon. Put nah. Larky and Kerno. Larky, Kerno. Yeah, Larky and Kerno, I think. And then I think Walker definitely gets a spot yeah. on the bench. But if if Walker started over Larky, I wouldn't be yeah, too. But Larky either. definitely deserves a spot. Yep. So does Walker. No, that's well said. Uh, we'll cruise on to the Sunday game. Never won a Coleman. 
Never won a never, Coleman. Or never All-Australian, never won a Coleman. Uh, no, Adelaide captain, seven-time leading goal kicker for Adelaide, two AFLPA best captains, showdown medal, 22-23 Rising Star nominee. Would this, Damn. would this be his most goals he's kicked in a year? What is he on? It'd have to five? be. He's on 70-odd. I think it was 75. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we'll, we'll, be right up there. we'll dig deep. Anyway, yeah, Marination Station. 76. Um, Tell you what, I said it in the group and I'm doubling down on yours. Port go out in straight sets was my lock. They they don't have it. They're not they in. They won. They won. The way they played Richmond should have beaten them. I, I thought Richmond were going to win. Especially at halftime. For most of the game, yeah. And then I, I sort of, Adelaide uh, Port kicked a couple and I was like, yeah, it's probably over now. But, oh, God, I wanted Richmond to win that so bad. So we <laughs> would have played Port in at the MCG. Oh, yeah. That would have been huge. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like they have these surges of plays and it's they're just starting to leak a lot they're, more Their best players who were Butters and Rosie yep. are young. Yeah. So they're going to make mistakes. Inexperienced. Come Inexperienced. Finals. But I reckon... Give them three or four years. I reckon next year, even. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't see. I don't know. I'd, Marshall will have to. Marshall will have to be up there in a goal kicking for the year. Like Todd Marshall, I don't think Charlie's probably going to kick you seventy five. No, but if he can kick forty five plus, and Marshall has to kick sixty plus, they've got a good young players that kick goals though. Like yeah, you've got. Um, Willie Rioli, he's been kicking a heap of goals lately. Power Pepper's been kicking Power Pepper's multiples. been kicking a couple. So you, maybe they can get away with it. Yeah, I, think I don't they, know. I think they need a goal kicker if they're going to win it to kick over 50 goals a year. Yeah. Easy. And it's as it's weird as a Victorian, but you hear the sounds of the other clubs from other states when finals come, but I feel like Brisbane's a lot louder sound than what Port is sort of thing. You're kind of like, oh, you could see Port getting done by Brisbane up in Brisbane. Like We probably think that's going to happen. And then I think they'll play... Saints or Giants. Saints or so Giants. I reckon straight sets. They could very easily just go straight sets. Yep. So that's my lock. Well, I don't think there's well, been a straight sets in a while. <laughs> it's not a quiz question. We'll is roll it? with that. No, nah, it's not a quiz question. No. <laughs> I think it's it not. has been something like it's 10 not. years since a team went straight sets. All right. We'll get on to the Sydney-Melbourne game now. And uh, the same thing. Sydney were right up in this until probably the last quarter when Melbourne kicked a couple of goals late. Bailey Fridge is pretty much injured and kicked five in his return game. Yeah. He's He's... He's some player. Malcolm going down is huge. Yeah, we said that is. in the group this morning, but it's um, you know, like as as a Collingwood supporter, it's almost like it's one less dangerous forward matchup that we have to worry about going into the quarter uh, qualifying final. But can Sid can Sydney beat Carlton? Uh damn! Just looking at, at Errol Goulden's stats. Yeah, but, yeah, Errol Goulden, he is. What the hell? 42 star. and 2. Yeah, it was he's enormous. That, I had him for most touches in his little. Damn. And Callum play. Mills, that's probably his best game all year. Yeah, he's 30 and a snag a and 12 tackles. You can always rely on Luke Parker. Chad Warner has been good. The next sort of three players are always there Viney, Oliver, and Petrarca. Bang, bang, bang. And I'll tell you, he was very disappointing for Sydney in a region that they didn't win. Um, and it's not just him individually as well, but the other forwards weren't that great. But Isaac Heaney was very poor. He had a couple of easy shots. Yeah, early. And just early. Them. He had two. Basic shots in the first quarter, I reckon it was, and he butchered both. He's had a good couple of weeks, but I just feel like he could be a bloke. He needs to turn it on for them to beat Carlton. Well, you you look at someone who probably plays a similar-ish sort of role, maybe a bit more forward, but Bailey Fritch, he's that sort of same yep. height, plays the same way, lead out forward, mark above the head, and he goes back and kicks five straight. Makes a huge difference, you know, exactly. especially, yeah, season on the line type situation. All right, and we'll get on to the last game for the year. Obviously, the implications were the Giants had to win. Bulldogs 
would then be out. If they lost, Bulldogs would be in, as we all know. Uh, Giants looked very, very good. Uh, Carlton, obviously, you could tell feet up a little Q bit in the rack in terms of injuries, yeah. but they were still they were like, still gunning. They yeah. were still gunning. Sam Walsh, great in his return to start, but um, Tom Green is a player. Stephen mm-hmm. Cornelio is back to his best. He's My good man, very good. he's had a very good year. And, of course, TFG, Toby Green, unbelievable scenes. Um, yeah, I thought um, I thought Himmelberg was good as well. I don't know if anybody really watched a lot of the game, but he was actually sensational yep. for the last three quarters of the game. Um, Carlton Taking got a bit of a hold Car- I think Carlton got a bit – no, Carlton got a bit of a hold in the second quarter. Weedering was big for them as yeah. well, I feel. And then – yeah, Himmelberg was a was a rock down there, and that uh, Brent Daniels is like a spark plug. As soon as he comes on, or he's near a contest, he's just pinballing around in there, tackles, bumps, getting people out, like shepherds, everything, doing all the right things. So they're playing good footy at the right time of the year. Our man Ashy being very impressive. He as was well. very good, actually. Had him in a multi. So thanks, mate. It was actually watching it. It was exciting because they had like the live ladder, and yeah. every time a point or a goal, like it'd swap and swap and. They yeah, got it, it was to, good, um, wasn't it? They nearly had a home final. GWS. Yeah, they, uh, they were. They were in locked in at yeah. one point. Yeah, but it's amazing how that happens in the AFL. They must jump in the time machine and go forward and see it's true. where everyone's and then place the games. Just, um, just quickly with Ashy, uh, just a little shout out. He's elite for disposals this year, above average for meters gained, rebound fifties, and one on ones. Very, very underrated year. Yeah, very. so twenty four disposals a game. He's averaging. Jeez. Yeah. To find out what the secret sauce is, we'll have to get him on in the off season. Factoids. But with that, I'm going to pose a question. I've got my answer for what I think that it's going to be. And the fact around the wild card round for next year, I think absolutely bring it in. And the reason I think this was watching that Port Richmond game yesterday and a few other games, the crowd's a bit flat. It's just like, oh, this is a bit of a dead rubber in terms of the way things are. And I get you're still probably going to have dead rubbers along the way. But if your team is like the Gold Coast in 13th or whatever they were, they've still got a chance to go into the top 10. Yeah, at least play, play an elimination final. AFL was going to spin it, make more money. It's more mm. entertaining to watch as a sport. Watching that ladder, you're going to have it probably an extra week in advance and how things are going to work out, yep. who's going to play who, and you're not going to get those teams in the middle that aren't going to get the number one pick and aren't going to play finals to them saying, hey, let's try and at least make the play-ins or whatever it's yeah. called for what it is. So in my opinion, I think we bring it in. Um, maybe I'm a bit more progressive, but what do you think? No, I'm all for it because like we said about that last game, how exciting it was watching that ladder go up and down and it's probably the most exciting game I thought for the whole weekend just because of that. You didn't know what yeah. was going to happen in the end and who was playing where and the Bulldogs would have been watching every single moment of that game too. Well, just another game of that. Collingwood Essendon was a bit of a dead rubber as well. Yeah. Obviously, he's kicked away and it was a bit like, oh, it's a bit flat, but. It's still, it's just, they, the games had that sort of feel to it. It was like Brisbane-St. Kilda, doesn't really matter mm. how it sort of pans out. If Essendon had something to play for on Friday night, who knows? You know, yeah, like exactly they had, right. I don't think they even had a chance. Well, we had to, uh, it was you like had to a, win a by 250 points and then, then <laughs> someone had to lose yeah, yeah. by 20 goals or something like that. So say it's a top, it's for that top 10 sort of a place in the way that things yeah. fix. I don't know. It may be just, maybe because Essendon's not that great. <laughs> I'm just taking the piss, but but I just I, think it's so much more entertaining and adds another value to it. Look, I've I watched the wild card round in the VFL on the weekend, and it was Pies and Richmond to make the elimination final, and it was good. It was bloody awesome, and they were two teams that, like, even the commentators were saying, like, you know, these two teams deserve to fight it out to play. Like, they've been really good all year, had some injuries in spots, but they've playing good footy at the right time, and then you know Collingwood ended up winning by a heat, like 70 or 80 points or something, kicked away. 
And they're all saying like, you know, Collingwood have actually got the team together at the right time. They've got all their injury listed players back. You know, obviously in the seniors, there's a few out and there's a couple gone up, but they're like, Collingwood is actually one of those teams. And even though I was saying Richmond is one of those teams as well, that if you get them on the wrong day and you're second or third on the ladder, they'll pip you and they'll go past you because they've got, you know, a lot of AFL listed players playing in that side. Yeah. So it's really good. I think shorten the season down to 22 weeks and bring it in. Nice. Beautiful. I like it. I just want to touch on, as we do last week's locks and the Smokies as well. We just went over the games. So our locks for last week, Jack, you had North to win. I did. As your lock. That's huge. Got (laughs) scolded for that too. Um, But obviously, rain's true. And and the funny thing is, is I didn't even think about the Harley Reid situation. I was like, nor did you. Like the fact that they went out and proved a point that they've got to win it. um, I think it's a double lock for that. No, it's not. (laughs) Get real. Shed had uh, Geelong to win. Obviously, that didn't go ahead, so that's a 60. And Disco Cody had Adelaide to win by 100 points. They only got 45 points. So that's another six back there, half a slab. And the Smokies. Half uh, a slab. Jack, Saints for the win. Yeah, not good enough. Brisbane should have won by more, as we know. Uh, Shed had Port 100 plus for the win. Hmm. Didn't get that one either on Smokies. And Cody's is still going, obviously. Toby Green, All-Australian captain, and put up a good performance on the weekend as well. I he won't be all Australian captain. You can see the writing on the wall. Darcy Moore. Darcy Moore. <laughs> Darcy Moore. Flemington straight. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to go to a break now, get into the votes, and then a quiz to finish off. All right, we'll get stuck into the votes for this week. Um, just a special mention before we get into the real votes here. Um, mate of mine, Justin Campbell, won our Supercoach League. He that, did. That we um, had going for SC. So his uh, team, Tiggy Train, got the win over Mitch's Rack Ginnivans. So um, he'll get a free T-shirt, I reckon. We'll throw him one of them. Yeah, uh, he will. He has won a lot of Supercoach Leagues. Yeah, except for our Draft League, which I just beat him in last night. So Ooh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you very Pretty much. cashola. Yeah, yeah, just a couple of bucks. A couple of bucks, yeah, nice, mate. Got enough as it is. So we'll get into the votes for this week. Uh, MVP votes. We'll go one vote, Darwin Nunes. Yes. Bro, if you chuck that one in there. Yeah, massive game from him. Uh, obviously, Liverpool went down to 10 men. Uh, they got a red card that was awarded, and then uh, he kicked, he come on as a sub, picked uh, two goals in the last 10 minutes, and we stole the win from 1-0 down with only 10 men. So de- definitely deserving of a vote. Beautiful. Uh, two votes have gone. Nick Larkey, as we touched on earlier, 71 goals uh, for North uh, after only winning three games for the year. It was an incredible effort. And three votes have gone Max Verstappen. He um, won the Dutch GP, which was his ninth victory in a row, which uh, is equal with Sebastian Vettel. Uh, so if he wins next start, he'll uh, break the record for most consecutive wins. So he is on fire there. Now we're going to our favourite fraud votes. I think we know who's probably going to be on top of this one, but we'll start with one vote. <laughs> Gone for the Wallabies. They got smoked by France, and it was their fifth straight defeat uh, since the new coach, Eddie Jones, took over. So they're in a bit of trouble there. Pack your bags, Eddie. Yeah. Don't lock it in. Uh, two votes. We've gone Everton. Chuck that one in there, Jack. Yeah, Everton uh, in 20th place last at the moment. They've had done nothing in the transfer window and had three losses on the trot and got spanked in all of them. On the Everton. There you go. And three votes, Essendon this week. Essington. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the last two weeks, 196-point defeats. Essendon. Uh, combined. So, yeah, I don't know where to from here, but, yeah, they'll be 
lucky the season's over for them because they'll probably won't climb very high on the fraud award. Yeah, they're nearly in the top three, I think. I think they might be. So that's our votes for this <laughs> oh week. Boy, you can tell that this is a Collingwood podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll throw over to you, Jack, for the quiz. That we will. So you boys know the rules. Nah, run them by me. Question's a question, point's a point. Okay, so a point's worth one point. Yeah, a point right, is worth cool. one point. Uh, and, and how do we end this? Otherwise, how, did, how does the last question? Well, Sunday footy show stole it. So Who um, created it? Cody did. Uh, I actually think it was me. That was me. Pretty sure it was me. Was it you? Yeah. yeah that's, that's rough, isn't it? You obviously want, you honestly wanted to get that one off his chest. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so we've done that. Uh, the, it's questions point to point uh, unless stated otherwise. Love it. Question number one. Who was the wrestler in WWE who tragically died this week? Ben. Husky Harris. I'm going to give you that on a technicality <laughs> yeah, because at the end of the day um, he's a person, but obviously died at the age of 36, which isn't great. Yeah, very young. Heart attack, I think. So. Yeah, one nil to you. Number two, name another sports team in Minnesota besides the Timberwolves. Liam. Lynx. It's a WNBA team. Two teams. Nice. Just one? Yeah, just one. That's all I need. You can look it up if you want. I'll back you in on that. One on. That's the only team I didn't have. That is literally probably the only team that I know. (laughs) So you've got the Vikings. Nah. In the NFL. And then you've got the Minnesota Twins uh, in the baseball. And they've obviously got one in the MLS as well. I was hoping... Someone might say that one because I didn't write it down. Nope. Question number three. How many goals did Kerno kick to win the Coleman? Liam, 76. Incorrect. Do you want to have a go, Hicksie? Ben, 77. Incorrect, boys. The answer was 78. No points awarded. Still at one all here. Question four. Closest to the pin, what was Port Adelaide's percentage at the end of the home and away season? Uh, 111 point four. Ben, 109.3. Thorny was closer. It was 112.7. So he's done well there. It's 2-1 lead. Question number five, the one I told you about before, are you interested to see how he's going this? What year did the movie Happy Gilmore release? Liam, 1996. Bang on. I thought it was 99, so it's it's further back than we thought. He's on fire here. Is your mic still on? Uh, Yep. Yep, Buzzer's not working. Yep, buzzer's not working. All right. (laughs) Question number six, three, one, Thorny's way. Who does Jude Bellingham play for in soccer? Ben. Arsenal? Incorrect. Liam, uh, Manchester City. Incorrect. The answer was Real Madrid. Oh, Oh, that was like my ninth guess. (laughs) I had so many. Question number seven. After Max Verstappen won this morning, how many wins in a row does he have now? Ben. Nine. No, incorrect. When you read that out just before, I was so filthy. <laughs> Thanks so much, Yeah, no worries. Could not believe it. Uh, 4-1 lead. Question number eight. What player led the AFL in fantasy points this year? Ben. Tim English. Correct. Oh, I would not have got that. 4-2. Going to the ninth question. Name the two NFL teams in Los Angeles. Liam. The Rams and the Kings. Incorrect. Kings are an NHL team. Yeah, I'll give you half a point for that. Oh, thanks, mate. Ben, the Raiders? Incorrect. It is the Chargers. All right, we're going into question number 10 now. Four and a half. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Question number 10. Who won last year's Norm Smith medal? Ben, Isaac Smith. Correct. So Thorny wins it this week. Gets the chalk, he's done with the four and a half points. Oh, it's not a who am I? Jesus. Oh, okay. Isn't the last question worth 10 points? 
I'm so glad it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. So Thorny gets the win this week. Um, thanks for joining me, boys. And we'll That's be... about my 14th win, I think, on the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> Out of 72 goes. <laughs> not uh, a chance. But no, thanks for joining me, boys, and uh, good to catch up again. Thank you. Thanks, Loved it.